Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Hey, CFC and friends, we are back with a special Q&A update or follow-up, if you will. We had additional questions come in after the sermon this week when we talked about Matthew 6 and the interplay of worry and finances. And so we want to take an opportunity to go a little further uh, into that conversation and to answer those questions for you today. Great. Ready to go? I'm ready. Extra questions are good. Extra questions are good. So we're going to cover the ladder of giving. Well, we'll see. What's the the question? (laughs) The questions that we um, had come in were all around the allocation of funds, if you will. So how to share, what to share, and where to give those funds. Yeah. I can remember very specifically um, the question of, all right, once I recognized that the New Testament uh, didn't have this obligation called a tithe, that I had some freedom, if you will, on my giving, then <clears throat> with freedom can come some like, oh, well, this is actually harder. Hmm, Sometimes sure. it's a little harder when you're not okay, told, just do this for this. So I began to ask myself the questions, not only the question of how much then, but where would I actually give? And um, quite frankly, my pattern had been that coming out of Bible college, we were connected. Some of my roommates were missionaries in other parts of the world, and so I had a relationship with them. I believed in what they were doing. And so as we had giving dollars, in my mind initially then, the tithe, my tithe actually went primarily to my missionary friends. But uh, the reality is when you start giving, then there's this more and more people go, well, what about this? What about this? And so... I was starting to feel a little overwhelmed with the question of how do I sort out all the different opportunities to give and the letters that you would receive back then. It was This was prior to a jillion emails, but all the letters. And so sure. ultimately, I felt led of the Lord to just take all my letters to the top of a staircase and throw them down the staircase, and whichever ones flew the furthest, I would give the most towards. <laughs> <laughs> like paper airplanes. <laughs> yes. I just let the Lord leave. Very spiritual. Yes. Sorry. It, if you can't tell, I'm joking about that. That's not the way we did it. But it felt a little bit that random. So sure. uh, what resulted from those questions was me get trying to go through the New Testament and ask the question, does the Scripture lay out any priorities on who should get, who should we give to? Mm-hmm. And it'd be really easy if there was a passage that would say, give first to this, and then second to this, and then third to this. Well, there's if there's that passage, I don't know it exists. I don't, I don't think it does. But I began to <clears throat> see some, some priorities based on what I would call strength of language. When, when the New Testament talked about this giving, um, 
they used extremely strong language and then lesser language and even less language in terms of strength of uh, need and opportunity. So it began to form in my mind what you referenced just a moment ago, a ladder, a ladder of giving that as a ladder moves from the ground up, that you don't just go from the ground to the fifth rung, that you go from the ground to the first rung, and then the second rung, and then the third rung, and then the fourth rung, then the fifth rung. Based on that, uh, I developed, in my thinking anyway, and it seems to have been helpful to others, uh, a ladder of giving where the first rung that was important in my giving was when Paul writes to Timothy and says that if there is a widow indeed, a person, a woman who is the of an age where she's not, her husband has died and she can no longer provide for himself for herself, that that family of that widow should take responsibility for providing for her. This want to look at it, the passage is 1 Timothy 5, and 1 Timothy 5 basically says that it is my responsibility to care for an elderly parent who can no longer provide for themselves, and here was the strength of language, to not do so was to be worse than an unbeliever. Hmm. So you go, wow, that's, that's really strong, worse than an unbeliever. So uh, very helpful for me to recognize that before I did any other giving, the first thing I needed to ask myself was, uh, did my mom or my dad, who was alive at the time, or Jackie's mom uh, or Jackie's dad, but not Jackie's dad because he had already passed away at that time, was there any need? And the situation was such that there was no need for my mom or my dad, but there was a need because Jackie's father had passed away for Jackie's mom. And so we made our first priority of giving toward her mom based on the language of to not provide for her was to be worse than an unbeliever. Hmm. You often think about... um retirement you don't necessarily no. think you think about your retirement your future but not necessarily that future of your aging or elderly parents right and i often get uh, tracy lots of questions along this line well what if my parents aren't uh, what if my suppose your mother-in-law had not been a good money manager she mm-hmm. was wasting her money or did, did if there wasn't a need what should you provide for Well, there were things in that process. Uh, Now, it wasn't just give money for the sake of money. It was the passage as if they cannot provide for themselves, Mm -hmm. that it was a just return, that as parents had provided for us when we couldn't provide for ourselves, now it was our turn in some sense, the cycle of life. And um, it really wasn't – I didn't feel the need to go, I'm going to get involved in trying to – parent her parent. Sure, right. That uh, I was going to be accountable to the Lord to give in such a manner that would help, and then it, it would be up to her 
and before the Lord for her in terms of what she did with that. So specifically, what we chose to do on this first rung was to say, we're going to provide for her monthly Medicare uh, supplement so mm-hmm. that she had the medical things that uh, would really help her. She couldn't afford that, but we could pay that for her. So that, that was how we applied First Timothy 5 in our life. Mm-hmm. As that. First, first strong giving yes. outside of caring for your family and your responsibilities. Right. We've got that first strong of family. So now we're going to take a step up. Yes. And the next one being? The next one that, again, I concluded, maybe you would end up disagreeing, but I concluded that based on what the New Testament talks about in Galatians 6, 6 and 1 Corinthians 9 regarding giving toward uh, the local church, Galatians 6 uh, says that it's... It is a command that we are to materially invest, materially invest in those who spiritually invest in us. And when Paul talks about his right to receive material uh, compensation for his spiritual investment in the church in Corinth, even though he, for some matters of conscience in that passage, uh, refuses the right, he says in 1 Corinthians 9, the Lord directed it to be that way. So that was the strength of language for me, that the Lord directs this. Care for Not to care for my family, worse than an unbeliever. The Lord directed that we give to the local church. So uh, I'm trying to keep my story just practical and in this process was for me to recognize uh, for me to be a part of a local church but never give to that local church because in my mind, they didn't need any money. <laughs> they had everything that they needed. Therefore, I could give to the, my missionary friends was actually in disobedience to something, this is the strength of language, to something that the Lord directed. So we had to make a... A shift again in the thought in our giving to say we're going to participate in giving toward our local church because and my kids would go, Dad, that's kind of weird. You're supporting yourself, aren't you? Just giving money to yourself. That's a funny question. Yeah. <laughs> yes, aren't you just giving money to yourself? And I was like, uh, if you'll notice, there's a lot more people at our church than just me. And so we actually tried to help them in some practical creative exercises to determine who were who was spiritually investing in them that they would materially invest in. So we did a, a couple different times in holidays, Christmas, we would give them money to give specifically to those who were spiritually investing in them as a way of practically applying the second rung of the ladder. So rung number one, my elderly parents, rung number two, the local church that I'm a part of because that's what the Lord has directed. Makes sense? Yep, makes sense. Okay. And then we move to rung three, moving up yeah. the ladder. <clears throat> so we go from elderly parents, local church, now up to the next third rung. Yeah, and as this is unfolding, it's kind of funny to me that everything in this process changed the way I naturally thought about giving. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Something that I realized in this process of studying the New Testament then about giving and looking for strength of language was that almost all the primary passages on giving in the New Testament, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, these main passages that talked about giving in the local church was specifically designated to help poor believers who could not provide for themselves. Hmm. So uh, contextually, what's happening in the New Testament is the church begins in Jerusalem and flourishes, but then persecution hits. And because of the persecution, believers scatter, and they scatter outside Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. In that process, as the church is growing outside of Jerusalem, it becomes clear that those in Jerusalem where the church had begun were suffering because of persecution. They could, not because they were lazy, but because of the persecution, they couldn't provide for themselves. So Paul and the other apostles begin to collect money from churches like in Corinth. So if you read 1 Corinthians 16, this is what he's talking about. He's collecting money from the church in Corinth, not to support that local church or to support the leadership in another local church, but to support, to provide for poor believers that they'd probably never meet, but were a part of their family. Mm-hmm. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, where the emphasis is on generosity and God loves a cheerful giver and God gives seed to sowers, that's all actually in the context of providing for poor believers. So there was this rung now in the ladder that honestly I had never even considered. Uh, I, I knew that... It seemed good to give to the local church. I just didn't because they didn't feel like they needed it. And then, okay, the Lord directed, that changed me. This was introducing a wrong that I didn't really ever realize that we have a responsibility spiritually to one another. And I think I think it's kind of the application of what's happening in the first wrong. Basic, I'm to work and provide for my family including then, first rung, my elderly parents if they can't provide for themselves. Again, basically, I'm, I'm to work and to provide for myself, but in so doing, if I have a spiritual family, hmm. see how this, it's the same idea. It's if you have a family who cannot provide for themselves, you should care for them. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, Paul kind of recounts his story, his own journey, and he says that the, the apostles remind him, reminded him to remember the poor, and he says, just as, which is exactly what I wanted to do. And so that language, to remember the poor, and the example of local churches giving to the poor believers in other churches, that strength of language calls me to say, I think that's rung number three on the ladder. So I work and provide for myself, 
including my elderly parents, if they can't. Because the local church that is spiritually investing in me, the Lord directs, I materially invest in them. And then as I have broader spiritual family that goes beyond my physical family who cannot provide for them themselves, I should help them. And so that's rung number three, or if you will, in terms of this ladder of giving integrity. And as a part of that, we actually have an application coming up for that in May. Tell us about it. Yeah, we have a missions (laughs) conference coming up on May 16th and 19th, and we will be focusing on remembering the poor in our giving and in our generosity Mm. um, through Hope International. And I think it'll be a really great opportunity to expand on this understanding and really yeah. have a very practical application of the way we can impact believers around the world who are in need. It gives me a sense, Tracy, of the fact that um, this rung reminds me we're part of a much broader body of yes. Christ. And we can think in terms of our own family and then our mm-hmm. own church. But this reminds me that God has a family of which he has adopted me into that extends beyond, way beyond my normal mm-hmm. uh, interactions around the globe. And that if truly they are brothers and sisters, and they are, that we have the same Heavenly Father, that that how would I not allow God's abundance in my life to be a means by which their lack is provided for? So uh, I, I think it's it's not only good. There's a there's a sense of a taste of heaven and the broader family of God in this this giving rung of sharing with poor believers. So I love what hope does in helping the poorest of the poor have the cycle of poverty broken in their lives by a hand up instead of a hand out. Uh, There's a lot in that statement, but the poorest of the poor and breaking a cycle, but it being a hand up instead of a hand out. So uh, I think hope's a, a worthy place to be able to invest in helping in this matter. Because oftentimes it's like, oh, wow, I see that, but how do I actually what can I do? do? Yeah. Right. Another organization, if you want to look at it, is called Open Doors USA. It's funny that it says USA in it, but it's international. Mm-hmm. But Open Doors is, again, a ministry that specifically helps believers who are suffering because of persecution, and we can help brothers and sisters in Christ in that mm-hmm. way. Great reminder of the larger family yes. of the body yeah. of Christ. And so we've worked our way up the ladder, and so now we're at that final rung at the very top. Yeah, there's a, a fourth rung, and it's the final rung. And I take it from Philippians chapter 4, where Paul is writing to the Philippians with gratitude of how when there was a time where he lacked what he needed— He's teaching, I was content in it because I've learned contentment, but there was a time where he lacked and they came alongside and helped him and he says, more than once. And the situation was, Paul is doing in another city, Thessalonica, what he had once done in Philippi, and that is take the gospel to an unreached city where the gospel wasn't and to be a part of starting the church. (laughs) 
And in the starting of the church, here's the challenge. Yes, the local church, the people in the local church are supposed to materially invest in those who spiritually invest in them. But when that's first starting, that's not going to happen. So as believers in a local church, one of the the kingdom expanding opportunities that we have is to say, I'm going to invest in people to go do in a brand new portion of the world, an unreached, out-of-access portion of the world – but they won't be able to do without me. So they're going to go, and I'm going to be a sender. And the scripture says pretty clearly, how how can they go unless they are sent? sent? And so this this top rung of the ladder is the idea of I'm going to support gospel expansion in extending the church to where it has not yet gone. Pioneer evangelism and church planting, if you will. And when Paul commends the Philippians for doing that, he says these words, you do well. You do well to share with me. So it's an encouragement. It's a way to go, but not near like if you don't do this, you're worse than an unbeliever. Right, a little or bit different. Or the Lord has directed mm-hmm. even Remember, you do well. Now, let me be honest. When I first was like that, I was like, "Ah, I don't know, because you see, this is messing up how I've always thought. I'm like, where I wanted to start my giving was actually at a you do well level as opposed to uh, worse than an unbeliever the Lord directed and be sure to remember. So uh, I still gave to, and we still give to missionaries, but we have not done so to the exclusion or the ignoring of the previous lower, if you will, rungs in the ladder. So it really helped me see the priority. And just a quick example of how we would do strength of language. If if when my son, uh, Tommy, youngest son, was much younger, and I said to him, take out the trash. The strength of language by which I followed take out the trash would be a big difference. I could say, take out the trash or you're worse than an unbeliever. (laughs) Take out the trash as I am directed you. Remember to take out the trash. You do well if you take out the trash. That's that made real sense to me that there's strength really of does. language that communicates there. Mm-hmm. So that that language has caused me to say, <clears throat> excuse me, that that I want to give in a manner in which the Lord has, by his strength of language in the scripture, designated. If I have a family in elderly family, I got to take care of them. I got, I have to, not because obligation, because that's family. That's what Mm -hmm. God put us together. They provided for you, you provide for them. So we would say to CFC, please, please don't put a check in the offering plate. Please don't designate money to us if, if you're not taking care of your mother or your father in need. That should be priority. Then, then the local church, and then remembering poor believers, and then 
extending the gospel and gospel expansion. So that's the the ladder of giving integrity that has really helped me determine uh, now that I have freedom to give, where should, with a biblical principles, where should I give those? You, you might fig- try to figure out, okay, how do I <laughs> – how do you figure percentages, how much of that uh, – I think that's where we get to say we get to purpose in our own heart as the Lord leads us. We can't ignore wrongs, but we have the freedom to to give percentage-wise to wrongs as the Lord leads us. And what a gift that we I think so. have the opportunity yeah. to manage what the Lord has gifted us yeah. with. And it will be different for every individual, every family, Yeah, you know, on what that looks like. But what a cool opportunity to be able to... Take that before the Lord and see where he leads. So as I explained, clear enough questions? I think that's clear. I think that's very clear. I think situationally there could be a lot of questions that come uh, from that, uh-huh. but the the principles there are clear, and the strength of language is so important, but something so easily looked over. Yeah. And so to really think about that and apply that in this, I think it's really helpful. Good. I hope it will help as we enter into the full freedom of being able to give as God has blessed us. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate all these extra questions that had come in, and we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.